Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. An Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. It has Jordan. Allen shakes Gray gets two. to go in the first quarter for the Cow Palace. Here's Barry. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. Hello and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA podcast at thepodiumgame.com. I am Jason Mann and with me as always is Rich Krejci. Rich, great to be with you. Great to be with you as well. Let's uh we're in full-fledged playoff mode. I love it. We are. It's great. Yeah. We are back talking about more uh game sevens. We have chosen the uh our top uh seven game sevens in the uh, conference final, the third round of the uh, NBA playoffs. The undisputable list of best uh game uh, we, sevens. Ever. There is no argument. We, <laughs> you no, literally we, cannot argue. You choose with something it. that is different from what we have chosen. <laughs> You're we wrong. Will, we will hunt you down, we will shoot you. Yeah, we will say mean things to you on Twitter. Unless you have one that you think we missed, and then you could just send us a thing on, you know, I, at I, NBA I don't on think, Twitter, and then we'll probably agree. I don't so think we'll probably say, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think we missed any here. I mean, this is tough. There's yeah. not many to choose it, it, from. Well, so I think we got. Yeah, it. I mean, there, there's a decent number of one to choose from, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, if we failed the, if we failed our uh, listeners again, I, I will be a little bit disappointed. But I guess it would just be an excuse to talk more about basketball and do more research, exactly. which and that's we already enjoy doing. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're going to go through uh, the honorable mentions before we actually get into the uh, the nitty gritty of the list. So we start with uh, the Hawks versus uh, Lakers in 1961, the Hawks winning uh, 105 to 103. It was the first season for the Lakers in Los Angeles. And uh, Elgin Baylor had 39 points. Bob Pettit had 31 and this was basically kind of a changing of the guard. The uh, St. Louis Hawks had been the main rivals for the uh, Celtics, uh, you know, from the late 50s to the early 60s, winning the title in 58. And now after this season, the Lakers would, you know, basically uh, take that throne and would be the, you know, would would face the um, Celtics in most of the uh, finals for the rest of the 60s. So and, and failing to win any of them. But uh mm-hmm. So, um, but it, noteworthy performance, Elgin Baylor being awesome, uh, even though the Lakers themselves actually were not particularly that uh, great that year. But uh, as we've talked about before, there was some weirdness going on with, uh, you know, teams um, making the finals with not great records uh, during that time. So, right. Yep. Uh, and then our next one is from the next season, the uh, Celtics versus the um, Philadelphia Warriors. Still, they were just about to move to San Francisco. Um, it was 109, 107. Uh, this is the second Wilt, uh, Russell, uh, playoff series. Um, 
and Russell would win most of them, as people, most people listening to this probably know. Um, <laughs> the, Breaking news. It was one. Um, Mr. Clutch, uh, Sam Jones, hit the uh, game winner with uh, two seconds left. I wonder when uh, Dre, uh, Dre West took the Mr. Clutch from Sam Jones. Yeah, and, and was it like, was it up for a vote, or was it just a kind of... Was there a ceremony? What, yeah. Like, when did it happen? Yeah, I don't or know. Or was it like so everything we'll... else that the white guy stole from the black guy? <laughs> right. That's, I just took it. That's, uh, that's probably my guess. But I'm, I'm sure Jerry himself did not take it. I would I would blame the sports writer. No, I, I, I he probably did. I mean, it's possible. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> let's, let's not doubt it. I don't want to he... libel. Uh, or I guess we would be slander. <laughs> no, I, I think we can. I don't want to slander I, I Jerry West. I don't believe the <laughs> we should. podcasts are mean from slander, Rich. I think we do have to actually be careful. That's true. You're yes. right. So. Um, then we have another Wilt Russell uh, clash in uh, 1968. This was a year after Wilt had actually gotten the better of Russell and the uh, 76ers had uh, beaten the Celtics and, and, and then later won the finals. Um, the uh, Sixers were heavy favorites but in the series, uh, but the uh, Celtics managed to uh, have the old magic uh, largely behind Sam Jones, John Havlicek, and Larry Siegfried. Uh, Wilt actually only had 14 points. Um, Russell only had 12 points. Uh, and, and then for some odd reason, Chamberlain decided to only uh, have one shot in the uh, second half or the, the fourth quarter. And his explanation is that his coach told him not to shoot. Or, or, so okay. be, I'm well, sorry. His coach hadn't told him to shoot. And then okay. his well, coach's response go. was, I've never told him, I never had told him to shoot before. So <laughs> one of those, uh, one of, oh, Wilt. One of those Wilt oh, things. Wilt. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Wilt. But yeah, I loved, I love the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great comeback. I wouldn't think you would have to know. Like Wilt was only shot when instructed. Yes. The man who, who, who scored a hundred points in a game was only shot when told to shoot. I'm sure that's exactly how that went exactly. usually. Uh, so the, oh, Wilt. we have two from 1979. One is the bullets beating the Spurs in the East. Uh, if 107 to 105, yes, the Spurs were in the East. Uh, George Gervin had 42. The bullets were led by Bobby Dandridge with 37 and Elvin Hayes with 25. Um, Dandridge hit a uh, pull-up baseline jumper with uh, eight seconds left to uh, put the bullets up. And then Elvin Hayes ended up blocking James Silas's drive to uh, seal the game. So um, the... Uh, I know that uh, the Doug Moe, the coach of the Spurs, was not happy with the uh, referees uh, saying that they had robbed them of the uh, of the game. Um, mm. And the uh, same year, the Sonics and Suns, uh, 114 to 110, the Sonics won. Um, and, of course, these two teams ended up going into the Sonics and, and the Bullets went to the finals against each other. A rematch from 78, in which the Sonics won this time. Um and a Jack Sigma in this game, only his second season, scored a, uh, I, I guess, a then career high 33 points uh, to uh, lead his team to uh, to glory. So um, next we have the uh, Celtics against the Pistons, um, 117 to 114. The Celtics winning. Uh, this is the series in game five in which the famous uh, now there's a steal by Bird um Burr uh, steal that uh, the Celtics ended up stealing that uh, game from the Pistons and eventually the uh, winning the series. Um, and Bird actually in this game played all 48 minutes and had 37 points, nine rebounds and nine assists. He was involved <laughs> in every Celtics basket in the last six minutes except for one. <laughs> I mean, hey, yeah. I, 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 that's it's not a bad idea. That's pretty good, not a bad plan. How what's it, how old is he at this point? Because I mean, that's, uh, I, I think he's twenty nine, maybe. Oh, he's still okay. All right, he he's hadn't not, he hadn't reached his thirties yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's twenty eight to to thirty range. I, I I don't remember. Okay, he he started off a little bit late in his career. So uh, yeah, he was uh, I guess thirty one actually. 
So. Okay. Well, I mean, still not bad for for yeah th- for that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you sort of around yeah. I mean, but still, just just be that straight up, you know, killer at that age is is, is pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, and he was the injuries were starting to kind of take their toll on him already. Um. Mm-hmm. But he was obviously still uh pretty fantastic. Um. And um. And next we have oh I I guess worth mentioning the Pistons uh played the final twelve minutes without adrian dantley who suffered a concussion in the third quarter i believe he and vinnie johnson bumped heads um so i i I think i think the interesting thing here is that like the the margins here were very close like the pistons were extremely close even after you know losing the game five were were extremely close to you know um going to the finals in this season be interesting to think you know what one more finals appearance or, or what one more championship would would have done for you know how they're remembered right absolutely um then uh, 1994, the Knicks beating the the Pacers 94 to 90. Um, the uh, Patrick Ewing at 24 points, 22 rebounds, uh, seven assists, and five blocks. Uh, John Starks um, had a tough contested drive with about 30 seconds left, and then Ewing was able to get it off the rim and throw it down. And then um, the Pacers went, were unable to get a Reggie Miller, uh, a good shot for Reggie Miller at the end of the game, and um, and the Knicks were able to uh, were able to take it. Um, of course, the uh, as we mentioned earlier, the uh, the Pacers would have the last laugh the next season. Yep. I guess it wasn't the last laugh, but it was the laugh of the. Okay. <laughs> I laugh. Yeah, it was <laughs> a, a laugh, laugh at the hands of the Knicks. Yes, yeah, there so. you go. And um, then in 96, the Sonics and Jazz, uh, the Sonics winning 90 to 86. The uh, Sean Kemp outplaying Carl Malone with uh, 20, 26 <laughs> points, 14 rebounds. Uh, Malone 22 and 5 with an 18 of 22 shooting. Um, that was a thing for a while. Sean Kemp uh, outplaying NBA I legends. I mean, Sean but, Kemp uh, was really great for a while. And then yeah, and <laughs> you kind of forget when he gained 50 pounds. And that, yeah, so well. Uh, what could have been? Yeah. Because I mean, it, it comes he, up a lot when we talk a lot about all these really midnight career, but uh, no, absolutely. But man, yeah. you look at this guy of just like a a guy that just—I mean—and and this isn't the first time that we've mentioned that you know, you know, we're mentioning a big playoff series with Sean Kemp being the best player on a team that that's competing or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's just it's crazy just to think of, of his trajectory he and just what happened to it. So right, so you think, oh god, I mean, these guys got another you know eight to ten years of being really good. Sure. No, not really. Um, and then our final choice is the uh, Pistons beating the Heat, eighty-eight to eighty-two in two thousand and five. Uh, the Heat led uh, by six with less than seven minutes to go, but the uh, Pistons went on an eight-zero run. Uh, ben Wallace dunking over Razul Butler. Uh, Razul Butler was in the league at that point. Uh, <laughs> you 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 have to really look at the career Russell and, and really give it up for him for that guy yeah. to stay in as long as who, he's. Who would have thought that Razul Butler would outlast Ben Wallace? Uh, I mean, I mean, he's they they got to be fairly close to the same age. Ross is probably a couple years younger, but not that far, you know. Yeah, what is? Let's. He's thirty-five now. Oh, maybe. Okay, then maybe Ben Wallace is quite is like five years older. Never mind. Thirty-five. Yeah, he's thirty-five okay, right Ben now. Wallace is forty. So all right. Okay, well, all right. So mind. a little so bit. They, but man, he yeah. came in. Russell Butler came in the league in two thousand two. Okay, right. So. so. Um and um, and uh, Dwayne Wade went scoreless in the fourth quarter, missing all six of his shots and committing two of the uh, two turnovers. So no, I I'm a, I, he is not clutch in my mind. No, so. ne- definitely not. Yeah, he, he and until I see otherwise, he is not. Clutch, yeah, so. maybe look at what happened the next season. Maybe that'll right. No, no, no. Uh, I go by I go by small sample size to determine if people well, are clutch fair. or not. That's fair. So. Um, yeah. So those are our honorable mentions. I think they're pretty good. 
so, yeah, some no, good, definitely. some good series. There are are there any of those that you think like you might like be borderline for our list, or do you think our list is? I pretty... think the I think the, the the one that I think a lot of people are going to bring up is that Celtics Pistons '87 because it's kind of the glory years of the of, of both teams, and, and it's obviously such a close game, and and there's so much stuff that kind of happens in that that I can see that one, but I, I don't know if it is necessarily as iconic as some of the ones we're talking about. It's got it's got iconic teams, but when you really look at the list that we have, I think you're going to say, ah, you know what, these guys are probably right, but that would probably be the only one that I would say for sure. And then maybe, you know, you could talk about the one of the, you know, the, the Wilt uh, uh, Russell ones. But I, I think we did a, a, a great job with these guys. Well, yeah, thanks. I, I think we did a good job, too. Um, yeah, I, I would agree. I think the uh, the Celtics Pistons series one, I think it's overshadowed by the, you know, the, the bird play in game five. And also, you know, there's um, there's a lot of other Pistons and Celtics iconic stuff that um, that that's kind of bigger than what happens in this game. Um, that's it's better remembered for whatever reason, and, and we we kind of go through it in some of the other um, in in some of the other uh, Game Seven shows. So um, so so yes, I, I think you're right, but I think I think our seven choices, I think our listeners will be pleased by uh, what we ended up going with. Absolutely. So um, our. Our seventh uh, favorite uh, game seven from the conference finals is the uh, Lakers uh, taking on the Sacramento Kings in 2002, uh, 112 to 106 in overtime. I, I guess this was the only overtime in uh, conference finals uh, history. Um, I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's still the case. Overtime game seven. Overtime. Uh, game yeah, seven. overtime game seven. I'm sorry. Yes, right. because someone's gonna go. Oh, you idiots! So, like, of course, there's other another one. Right. No, overtime game seven. So. Um. So that seems yeah, it seems bizarre. That's that's tough to believe. But like again, like we're kind of finding out what the series is. There's not many game sevens. Like we really, it, it, especially when we get to the finals of this, that was hard to come up with. With you know. More than you, you know, we had seven for sure, but it was like, man, we, we really kind of only have about ten or twelve to choose from. So it, it, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that it, there's, ones, there's that, not ones that, that are so. tight, you know, ones that yeah, uh, that are sure. close and interesting and all that. But, um, but yes, that that's uh, certainly the case. Um, and um, you know, each of the last four games came down to the five final five seconds of uh, regulation. Um, there's kind of a famous referee controversy in game six. Um, a lot of shenanigans during the time. I mean, this is definitely a, you know, fierce rivalry. Um, just, uh, just incredible. Um, Shaq, uh, puts up 35 and 13. Um, I guess this was the first road game seven win in Lakers history, which is pretty impressive to, uh, to, yeah. uh, think about and i guess yeah they a lot of them were against the celtics and all those they lost so um kobe also was uh, he had 30 and 10 um he did cool off in the uh, fourth quarter in overtime but um you know still productive um and yeah the kings were just were just brutal in this game i mean they really just um other than mike bibby uh they pretty much all went uh went cold yeah, and they, and they had so many opportunities to win this too, and this is one that you look at, and, and you know it's it's famous for a lot of different reasons or whatever. But one of the, I mean, the, the Kings, there was no reason they should have lost this game. Like when you really look at, 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 even if they did just slightly better at some like the fundamental things, like I don't know, making free throws or like like having like Peja hitting you know two more shots than he did, or, or even one more shot than he did. Like you look at how you know how close this was 
with all that happening and you realize, man, this was for them for the taking. And, and they just they just couldn't do it. They couldn't get it done. I mean, of, of every game that could have just changed a franchise around, this is one of them. And it just it, it didn't happen. And, and there's they, they really <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. You know, people have brought up, you know, conspiracy theories and all this sort of stuff. They had opportunities. They just didn't capitalize on any of them. So if this game was rigged, they did a really terrible job of doing it because the Kings were very, very close to uh, still winning. So it's always funny that this one comes up because it's like, well, I mean, Jesus, like. For, for, for trying to rig it, they sure did give the Kings a lot of chances to win this game that they just did not take. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Peja Stoyakovic, uh, 3 of 12 shooting. Doug Christie did nothing. Uh, Peja, 0 of 6 from 3. I mean, come on. That's, yeah. and, and that's probably didn't happen very often, and that kind of sucks to happen in this situation. And, so And he has a wide-open 3, you know, in, in the final seconds, which would have right. given them the lead and just, you know, just completely, um, you know, overshoots the uh, backboard. He doesn't even give a chance to get a rebound or anything um, or overshots the rim hits the other side of the backboard and just, um, yeah. And Chris Weber just uh, has a really bad turnover. Actually Shaq had a couple of bad kind of clutch, mm-hmm. clutch plays, but didn't end up really hurting them um, at the end. And the Kings, you know, only they missed 14 out of 30 free throws. They shot two for 20 from three point range. I mean, just disappointing considering like, I mean, that, that was a really, like, I kind of feel like that that was sort of a similar team to those um, those early '70s Bulls that we talked about in in terms of like um, you know just just barely like like being memorable and being interesting and just barely not being able to reach you know past the you know the, the conference finals. I mean, um, you know they had some tough competition during that time. They obviously had a fierce rivalry with the uh, Lakers that um, you know actually got Sacramento some national attention for a while. I mean they really were an interesting team, but ultimately you know it ended up being short lived for you know various reasons. Yeah, and uh, your favorite guy in the world, Mike Bibby, had a had a great game. Yeah. I, I'm sure you love that, and you're a big fan. And that's when you started wearing your Mike Bibby jersey, huh? A- absolutely. Is that when you bought it? It was after this. A- absolutely. Twenty nine points on twenty five, uh, you know, um, twenty five shots, uh, minus thirteen, uh, plus minus. No, not not that, not that we played too. <laughs> not that we you know buy individual plus right. minus too much, but. For the record, I don't actually hate Mike. Bibby. I know a lot of people hate Mike Bibby. I'm actually like he got us to he he got the Hawks to a playoff series in 2008. So exactly. So I'm so I'm willing to I'm willing to overlook a lot <laughs> for uh, for that. So. No, but this is this is just a great game and, and one that if you get a chance to go look out and and really yeah it's like a iconic historic game seven and it's it's pretty telling that this is seventh on our list here so that that'll tell you just about uh, how good these are going to be right. And then uh, number seven is the uh, the Golden State Warriors beating the Chicago Bulls, uh, eighty three to seventy nine. Speaking of the, uh, the the Bulls teams we were just talking about, and um, you know we we talked about the this Warriors team a bit during our um, during our Rick Barry uh, podcast, and um, they also uh, Barry was thirty one at the time and um, was he, he didn't win MVP but put together an MVP. Uh, caliber uh, season just uh, really carrying the uh, Warriors who were very young um, into the playoffs uh, also Jamal Wilkes who was a rookie uh, you know uh, playing supremely well and just um, you know uh, doing well and the Bulls I mean they just had like so much balance oh yeah 
Yeah, that, that's that's one of the best things about the the '70s era Bulls, and, and we talked about that in our previous episode where we kind of did the, uh, the 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 ones that we missed or whatever of, of the early rounds. And yeah, we talked about that Bulls team, and especially in this, you get it from this game, and it's kind of a microcosm of it. Is you know they get contributions from all of their top five guys. You know, Chet Walker adds twenty one, uh, Bob Love puts in seventeen, Jerry Sloan puts fourteen, Norm Van Leer fourteen, and Tom Borwinkle ten. And like that's you know that's pretty good if you can get you know your your starting five all in double digits. And that seemed to be kind of a trend with those teams. And that's that's something that's kind of Made them made them so good, but maybe was a reason why they never could quite get to that next level. And this game was kind of interesting as well. When you know the game's on the line, there's not really they don't really know who's supposed to have the ball and who's supposed to shoot and who their top guy is. And and sort of you get that sometimes. Like yeah. the really awesome balanced teams are, are are fun to watch and they have great seasons sometimes. But then you know a lot of times it, it takes that one guy being the star that, that that kind of puts you over the hump and they didn't necessarily have that but still this is a great team and they uh interestingly enough it, it's kind of you, know, you probably wouldn't think it but the bulls were kind of the favorites going into this series and a lot of people assume that this was kind of their year to to either make a run to the nba finals or win a championship and it wasn't to be in the warriors upset them and then went on to do uh good old good old rick Barry things and and yeah as we mentioned in our first episode ever when the uh, when the nba title and in Rick Barry's what is that eleventh or twelfth year? I think. Uh, not in the league. Not I don't. I don't have the exact number. But, yeah, he, oh, well, then you got to add the ABA. Uh, yeah, his first year was sixty-six, uh, I think. So um, okay, so oh, like okay. So the that, ninth, tenth year. Um, yeah, this was actually uh, Chet Walker's final game, which I didn't realize. Um, oh, I didn't know that. No, I did not. He know was that. actually okay. still really good in his last. Yeah, season. why'd you leave Chet? Come yeah. on, maybe we could have won some games. I, Damn I don't it, know. Um, I, I, I've, there's even Chicago yet. There's an SI Dude. article on the Bulls from around that time about kind of how much they started hating each other and how much they, mm-hmm. you know, um, like how they, you know, had kind of gotten along for a while and then they just kind of like got sick of each other, um, type of thing, which is interesting. So I'm sure that probably had uh, something to do with it. Um, um. But yeah, I mean, he's yeah. Chet Walker's kind of a um, sort of a forgotten great, but he is um, you know, he's top one hundred both in. I believe he's top one hundred both in total win shares and in win shares uh, per forty eight, which is pr- probably stronger than most people would would view you know him in in his career. But he's definitely yeah. you know had a uh, had a very strong career. Of course, was also important for you know the Philly teams, including the uh, the sixty seven championship team. Right. Um. And he won a Tony Award. Apparently, this, this cannot be the same Chet Walker, is it? Um, I it's not. I would I guess it's think. probably not. Yes, I would guess. Probably <laughs> I just not. did a Google search, yes. and uh, Chet Walker, director and choreographer, and uh, a, a Tony Award winning. Uh, no, it is a um, no. It's a it's a white guy. Okay, but uh, yes. Well, there you go. So white I can safely, unless he's gotten a lot of surgery. White um, guy named Chet. That's that's that. Yeah, he's an interesting dude. But uh, he has a chore. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's uh, so not the same Chet Walker. In case you were curious, uh, our Chet Walker has not won a Tony Award. No, so. I don't. Not that we know. Of. <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. if he did. But yeah, I feel like we'd heard more about that, or we would have done a show about that. Already, Probably, but. although I, you know, I, I have to admit that the Tony Awards are a bit of a blind. <laughs> oh, I, I stay up. Yeah, like Tony Awards, <laughs> Tony Award parties, and you know, pick up. Sure, and, I mean know, that makes sense. It's a big thing for yeah, me. Yeah, you know, I, I can see that. A man, a very cultured man, as myself. Yeah, so. a man who loves the theater. <laughs> Um, so the, uh, the, the next series is the, uh, Boston Celtics and Philadelphia 76ers from, uh, 1965. And, um, it is most famous for the, uh, Johnny most call of Havlicek stole the ball. Uh, basically the situation, Never heard of it. Is, <laughs> <laughs> the situation is the Celtics have a one point lead. The, uh, 76ers were inbounding the ball with five seconds left. Um, 
this was actually after like Bill Russell had had an inbound pass, but it hit one of the wires supporting the basket. So it was a turnover. How Greer um, uh, was inbounding, um, tried to get to Wilt, but Russell was covering him. So he went to Chet Walker, of, who, of course, we just mentioned. And uh, Havlicek knocked the pass away. It went to Sam Jones uh, to, across the court. He dribbles it out. Um, you And then he sends it back to uh, Havlicek in the corner. And then and basically the crowd mobs him at that point. You've probably seen the clip. It's one of the most famous clips in uh, NBA history. But, I mean, it was a uh, terrific game and a, uh, a terrific series. Um, Red Auerbach actually, um, with just a few minutes left, Boston was up seven. He lit the uh, traditional victory cigar, which is basically like his symbol, like, oh, okay, he thought the game was over. And then actually um, the Sixers uh, stormed back to make it a one-point game um, and, you know, uh, almost, you know, ended up, um, uh, you know, winning the game despite the victory cigar, which I I guess famously never, no one ever came back after um, Red, you know, lit the victory cigar. So... (laughs) Um, is that, is, there's never been, I, nobody can my understanding, remember one? Or? My understanding is no one has, that, that never happened. Okay. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, maybe it's possible, but I, as far as I can recall from what I've read it, you know, that, that has not happened. So, um, but Will had 30 points in the game, uh, Chet Walker at 24, uh, Sam Jones at 37, Havlicek at 26. Um, so, um, good game. We don't have rebound totals in the box score of this game. So, um. Uh, Stupid old box scores. Yeah, you know <laughs> why do they think all the they're terrible? Okay. The old box scores are awful. Yeah. So okay, here's a weird thing. Like what what I don't understand is why they have free throws and free throws attempted in a box score in a basic box score stat, but they don't have field goals attempted. They just have right. Goals. I agree. It's the weirdest thing. I never know how efficient these guys. Are. <laughs> <laughs> that is so strange. Like the the I mean that must be like why like people like you know constantly harp on free throws. Not that they're not important, but I just feel like there's this mentality that like maybe sort of outweighs the importance of free throws a, right. a little bit, you know? Um, so maybe that's like part of it. Like it was part of the basic box score. So like it got ingrained in like basketball brain brains of how important Right, you would is. look at a box score and see the guy was, you know, yeah. two of 14 from the free sure. throw line. You go, oh, yeah. Girl, right. like. yeah. So it's just one of those like tradition things, but I don't know. They're so bad. Yeah. You see on yeah. basketball reference, you're like, Ooh, like, Oh, like the worst thing to do on basketball reference is like scroll down at a game, an individual game and just see like a bunch of blank spots and you got points and you got free throws attempted. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Like, like this has nothing for me. I have nothing about this game. So yeah. So, but yeah, it's all right. Oh, no, no, no problem. Um, Basketball reference, you do a good job. At yeah, it. we love you, basketball reference. Fault. We, you know, it's not your fault that you know some of the data is not. <laughs> there. It's not your fault that you know basketball you do an okay was a pretty obscure sport until you know the until the early eighties, and uh, so no one bothered you know covering aspects of it. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on, our uh, next. But now that's what we do. So you know, we we have that. Yeah. So right. You, you know, so we don't have all the data. We have no idea what happened in the game, really. But that's fine. Yeah. Like, um. So there's also not video of any of this stuff. Yeah. Either, well, there, well, fine. there's video of this, but um. Well, I, I don't actually. I don't know if there's much that that much video other than I mean, there's obviously the famous thing. I I forgot. I don't know if I checked to see if there's extensive video. The whole of this game, game. Yeah. I mean, I I doubt there's the whole game. There's probably sequences of it, but. Um, anyway, I'm sure somebody will let us know or we'll probably check YouTube afterward and find out. So, um, anyway, our next choice is the, uh, Baltimore Bullets taking on the uh, New York Knicks in 1971. This is a year after the uh, Knicks had uh, won their first NBA title and the Bullets and Knicks played in the playoffs six straight seasons from 69 to 74. So, um, 
they've sort of very much had different um, styles. The uh, the bullets at Earl Monroe, uh, Kevin Lowry and Gus Johnson, who were sort of explosive and crowd pleasing and high flying. Not really much uh, defensively, uh, other than maybe, you know, um, Wes Unseld. Um, and uh, the Knicks were sort of more, uh, you know, defensive and, um, you know, just known as a passing team and not not mm-hmm. so much the flashy play anyway. I mean, they, they had characters. Obviously, they had Walt Frazier and um, and Will Street wasn't really a character, but he was, you know, just kind of the enforcer. And they, you know, they had straight lace Bill Bradley and they had tough guy to Busher. You know, you, you, I know how much you love when I talk about the Knicks. Oh yes, yeah. Keep going, keep going on. I love it. So what a what a what an iconic team. Well, well, you'll you'll be excited to know that the, this is actually series the Bullets won, um, yes. where they de- they dethroned <laughs> the champs. Uh, Wes unselled. Oh, I thought I thought the Knicks won like four straight titles. <laughs> you would think they only won one. <laughs> well, they won two, but or two, yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Um, I thought they won five straight. I, th- I thought they dominated the, the team of the 70s, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, you jerk. Wes Unseld, <laughs> uh, blocked uh, Bill Bradley's uh, game tying jumper attempt in the final seconds, and the uh, Bullets dethroned uh, the champs. Um, uh, Fred Carter earlier, uh, with just over a minute remaining, hit the decisive jump shot. Um, and. Um, and Kevin Lowry kind of made a good point uh, in a quote afterward. He's, he he said, um, talking about how like Baltimore was always losing to New York, that they couldn't beat the Knicks and the Colts couldn't beat the Jets and the Orioles couldn't beat the Mets. Uh, so finally, when they beat the Knicks, it was their championship. And they it, they did not do well in the finals against the Bucks. So they were swept in the uh, against the Bucks. Um, yeah. So. So I guess in a sense it was their championship. I guess it's a nice optimistic <laughs> we'll way to look it, yeah. at it. I mean, because then you got Kareem, and that that's no fun. That's not fair. No, no, Kareem was pretty good at that point. Yeah, 1971. You know, Lou Alcindor, Kareem. That yeah, that get just yeah. being able to play him. He was, him he is, was is good. Title, he was so. good for a long time after that too. But he was particularly good at that point. Yeah, th- this was just like on like next level, like great, great, great stuff for for at least in my mind. I mean, this was I think just his unbelievable, unbelievable year. But yeah. Uh, Good try anyway. Yep. So, <laughs> you got to the finals. They, I mean, they, that, that counts. You know, hey, you get to the finals, you're good. That's what I always say. They they made out a list of game seven. So that's exactly that's, that's a pretty good accomplishment right there. Um, and so the next uh next series is the uh the Bulls and the Pacers. Um and, uh, guess who won this one, Rich? Uh in nineteen this was uh, Jordan had retired, so it was the Cornell David Hersey Hawkins Bulls <laughs> in a game seven so against believe, the Pacers. Yeah, <laughs> right, in the conference finals, uh, I believe the Pacers. Am I correct? Or oh, I'm a year off. Never mind. It's still Jordan. Still here. Never mind. Yes, okay, there you go, Jordan. Uh, I believe Michael Jordan and the uh, Chicago Bulls won. So I, I think you you might be right. <laughs> so Reggie Miller. It's a, not a very good game. It's ugly as hell. This game is re- there's there's a lot of YouTube videos of this game, and it's a, it's a really really disgusting game. Uh, the it's it's so this Pacers team man especially Reggie has a great game you know he has twenty two points um he's four seven from three uh, the rest of the Pacers eh, eh, they didn't really show up at all uh, Rick Smith had a good game he had thirteen points uh, not much else for him uh, Dale Davis had nine points nine rebounds uh, this game is particularly interesting if you follow our Twitter account because uh, a few days ago I tweeted out a, uh, a a screenshot from this and the Pacers had decided hey let's all shave our heads which for some of the guys including like a Dale Davis or Reggie Miller not a big deal uh, Chris Mullen and Rick Smith are horrifying as bald men. 
tall, <laughs> tall, like pale, bald white man is is just a very weird look. It's so. it's, it's not especially a Rick, Rick Smith kind of. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the one that was a little bit questionable. You know? <laughs> like Mullen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was almost an upgrade over the crew cut. I won't say that much, but uh, Rick Smith's was a horrifying, horrifying uh, downgrade from the golden locks of, of his yeah. his youth. I mean, so. he really did have some golden locks. I mean, they were. They I mean, really they were great were hair. Like, yeah, like I would have told, I would have said, like, no, guys, you all shave your head, but I'm not getting rid of that. Yeah. Like, come on, that was a lot of work for him to get that, and then to sh- I mean, come on. I mean, Rick Rick Smith's might be top fifty all time hairstyles, you know, in NBA. Yeah, we why haven't we done a podcast on that? <laughs> I mean, we just haven't gotten what to idiots. It yet. Why don't we stop this? What are we doing right now? This is dumb. <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, it's 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 a very uh, interesting game for that respect. Uh, the Bulls are, you know, you, you know this Bulls team. This is ninety eight Bulls team. I you do know, know Rodman. Rodman has an okay game. Uh, not really good by his standards. Uh, only six rebounds, which is is for Rodman in a playoff game is is like a, a you know super super low. I mean, this is a guy who always showed up, you know, rebound wise in big games. Uh, Pippen had a good game, seventeen points. Uh, Jordan, of course, had a solid game. You know, as, as he's wanting to do, twenty eight points, nine rebounds. Uh, but he shot a lot from the floor, nine of twenty five. So he struggled a little bit. Um, it's Kobe esque. Tony Kukoc though uh, was 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 really good, and he was he was kind of a star. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people forget you know how good of a contribution he was in these late Bulls years. Like I don't really know if they win as many titles or, or any of these titles really without him. You know, being a solid hand there. Uh, you know, here he has twenty one points, seven uh, eleven shooting, uh, three from four from uh, three. Just a well balanced team. This Bulls team was, and, and people. Sort remember Jordan being the guy and and he obviously is but these teams were, were a lot of ways built on you know Pippen being still really good and then Tony Kukoc as I mentioned being a big part of that as well and and even after the game Jordan mentions in a quote you know they're doing an interview and, and you can find that in the YouTube video where he says you know everybody kind of focuses on giving the ball to me and everybody focuses on me but he said you know this year this team this is a this is a total team that we have and they, they've they haven't had that a lot where, where you know usually you kind of have Jordan as the security blanket but this team needed other guys and 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 Kukoc was one of those guys so uh, one of the big points of this game, though, uh, the, the the margin, the second chance points margin. Uh, the Bulls had 26 to 1 second chance points for the Pacers. Uh, offensive rebound percentage, the Bulls had 42.3, and the Pacers had 12.5. And that was bared out in a lot of the quotes as well. Um, this is Larry Bird's first year coaching uh, the Indiana Pacers, and he says, uh, we, we, we definitely got the effort, but we got beat to a lot of loose balls, and it seems like the little things beat us. We're not a great rebounding team on the offensive boards, and we were overmatched. It seemed like they were quicker to the ball. They got a couple offensive rebounds that ripped our hearts out. So... And this is a, this is a pretty telling game. I mean, obviously, this the, the, the ramifications of this game. I mean, that that you, you know they speak for themselves. The Bulls were, were you know a dynasty that was just about over, and they everybody kind of knew it. And and again, you know the the narrative is that you know Jared Krause blew this team up, and the Bulls manager blew this team up. If you read the article immediately following the game, as it says, the Bulls on their last stand, like everybody knew this was it. This was over. Team was done. Everybody was going away after this. So. Uh, but but the Pacers in a lot of ways kind of reinvented themselves as well, and you know it was only a few years later than they'd be in the NBA Finals with you know a dramatically different team with different guys sort of being you know the charges and being the leads of it. So it's kind of interesting to see. But you know this is still the core Pacers team that we kind of remember. But it'd be a few years and they kind of reinvent themselves a few times. But uh, just kind of a really ugly game, but but a nice close one and one that's definitely you know warrants mention on this list. Yeah, I mean it's probably the closest that the. The you know the Jordan Bulls once they became a championship team with Jordan that came to yeah. you know losing in, in any of those stretch of six championships. I mean this is like sort of the latest um, in a series they were forced to a game seven sort of sort of the tightest margin they they had. I mean I know they went to game seven against the Knicks and you know there were some other times that were that were tight, but I think this might be like the closest they came to you know sure. to, to, to failing during that stretch. 
I mean, they were a minute away, really, or you know, almost two minutes away from just losing, and then you know, only winning five titles and not going. I mean, there, there's sure. a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that that would make that that would make a difference in how we think of them. I mean, I mean, Absolutely. you know, I mean, they would still obviously be amazing, but it would it would definitely you know, especially the Jordan, you know, because. Uh, obviously what happened is, you know, he, he leaves the NBA with that shot with, with the shot right. over, you know, Byron Russell or whatever. Yeah. And you wouldn't get that. I mean, that you, you straight up would not get that. His last memory would be, you know, shaking Reggie Miller's hand and like that. It's just unfathomable to think of <laughs> Who wants you know, to no that. You know, yeah. yeah, right. And everyone's bald. Like all the Pacers are bald. Like that's the team that represents you. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. They're all weirdos. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly saying, go look up this video. There's like a huddle that they take. And, and first off, Larry Bird, where's your commitment to the team has a full head of hair. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, dude. But you just <laughs> see it like everybody gets that. in a huddle. And they're all like freshly shaven heads, and it's just like, oh, what are you guys doing? Like, it's kind of creepy. It's it's very uh, Indiana Pacers in a lot of ways. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it, um, not, yeah. I wonder who would have won a Pacers Jazz Finals. I don't know. Oh God, would we have wanted to see that? Can you imagine that series? Well, I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting. I mean, I guess it would be interesting to see who would have won because it would have been a, a sure. player who never won a championship. Um, otherwise. Yeah, you know, there would be. Yeah, I think that would be the one. I mean, the games would be ugly as sin, but yeah, well, there would yeah. be a cool value, at least for me, uh, in that respect, because I always loved that idea of of guys that, even though it's stupid, even though I think the ring argument is, is really dumb, I like seeing guys win their one ring so people stop mentioning yeah. it ever again. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think the ring, like, I, I do think there, I'm sure we'll get into this more in later pockets, but I do think there is something to, like, being the best player on a team that wins a ring. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of circumstances, but I do think, like, winning, you know, being being the best player or being a large contributor to a championship team or multiple championship teams, I think that does give you an edge sure. over um, players who haven't, but that's obviously not the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But this would have been, yeah, like you mentioned, that would have been a particularly good one because then, you know, it, it, you kind of get rid of it for Carl Malone uh, or you get rid of it for Reggie Miller. And, yeah. and I think it haunts Malone a little bit more than it haunts Reggie Miller. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's pretty. I, I mean, I think like, I mean, Reggie was a really good player, but like Carl Malone's an all time. Like he's one of the exactly. three best right, power right. forwards of all time. And like, it's just weird that he never won a championship. You know? Yeah. And it's obviously, you know, it obviously disturbed Malone a little bit because, you know, we, we see the later years where he went to the Lakers and was like, you know, that was his goal again and got close again and and, and lost. So it was something that definitely defined his career, you know, in the later half, and 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 really. Whereas Reggie, I don't know if anybody really defines his career yeah, by I mean, he didn't win, yeah, you know, I mean, a he, ring. I think I don't think he was like good, quite good enough to. Be. I think he overperformed what he really. I mean, or not, or at least performed about what he should have done. You, you know, the, right. the Pacers were about as successful as I kind of think that they should have been. On, yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's right. like a top ten shooting guard of all time, but he's not right. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas Malone is, you know, arguably, and and I don't think so anymore, but arguably, you know, the best power uh, forward ever. Other than you know. Duncan, yeah, he's he's probably exactly. next in on the list, or oh, at certainly. least you yeah. know in in off the top of my head anyway. So, um, yeah, um, so the uh, our runner up, although I, I actually I might I would I think we I deferred to you on um on this order, but I would put this as the first. But it's the uh, Boston Celtics against the Philadelphia 76ers in the. Uh, 1981 Eastern Conference Finals, uh, the Celtics winning 91 to 90. This is part of, you know, a huge Celtics 76ers rivalry in the um, early 80s. I mean, they met in the playoffs um, three or four years in a row, um, you know, deep series. Um, uh, This was a three games to one uh, rally uh, comeback by the uh, by the Celtics. They would uh, the next season, they would come close to replicating that, although the Sixers would finally stave them off. Um, 
I mean, you, you, you're talking about the, uh, you know, the Dr. J uh, Sixers. You're talking about Bird in his uh, second season, uh, Parrish and, and McHale on the Celtics for their first season. Um, the Celtics also have uh, Cedric Maxwell, Tiny Archibald. Um, the uh, the 76ers have Daryl Dawkins, Bobby Jones, Maurice Cheeks, um, Andrew Tony early in his career. So Lionel Hollins, head coach, future head That's coach. That's right. Lionel yeah, Lionel Hollins was there too. Um, a, lot, a lot of head coaches in this. If you look at this, you got Lionel Hollins, um, yeah, uh, Larry Bird, uh, uh, Chris Ford. ML Carr, yeah, oh, Chris Ford, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, I believe you know, Kevin McHale. Yeah. Um, uh, anyone we're missing here? Oh, Mo Cheeks. Oh yeah, Mo Cheeks. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Emil Carr was a coach. I thought he was just he. he yes, he was the coach. Unfortunately, okay, he yeah. got a weird. Yeah, we, I think we might have talked about him. He had a, like a weird stint as the uh, uh, the coach, uh, the Celtics, right? Oh, that's right. Okay, I, I he was their exact. He was, he was, like, he was executive. A, I just didn't remember that he was. Yeah, and then too. I think it was one of those like, like, like we talked about kind of the oddities where you know he went from exact to coach and then did just nothing because like oh wait you're not good good at any of those so there you go go away. <laughs> but he was good. He was Emil good Carr, wave go towel away. though. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. He was an excellent towel waver. Um, so, um, that's right. Yeah. He did coach the, he coached him for two years. So there you go. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is, you know, longtime Boston Philly rivalry. Um, five of the, of the seven games were decided by two points or fewer, including each of the last four. Um, just a really rough and tumble physical game. Just one field goal in the uh, last three minutes. Uh, Larry Bird has the famous go-ahead bank shot in the uh, final minute. Uh, Maurice Cheeks has a chance to tie the game at the line, uh, but misses one of two. And then the final play is Bobby Jones um, just slightly overthrowing Julius Irving in the inbound, uh, and the uh, Sixers don't have a chance to win, and the uh, Celtics uh, rally and win. So just a a really... uh, you know, kind of an epitome of just a really, you know, tough uh, physical rivalry. Um, Irving is 23 points. Bird also is 23 points. Um, you know, um, Maxwell had 19. Um, Jared Dawkins at 16. So um, not like necessarily a obviously it was a pretty low scoring game. So not necessarily like any outstanding uh, individual performances, right. you know, scoring wise, but just you know great players um you know bird you know in 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 his youth um you know taking over the league or taking over half the league where magic's taking the other half the league you know so to speak and but you know you know they he you know irving was still there and was still great and was you know um and they they people i think kind of forget that the um the first four years of bird's career you know irving went to the finals three of those four years so right you know good stuff yeah, absolutely. And, and then, you know, you mentioned the early bird. Uh, we mentioned a, a Mikhail as well. And, you know, he he was still just, yeah, he was a rookie, this you year. know, a little baby. Yeah. yeah. Or he was still a rookie as well. Yeah. Yeah. Duh, yeah. OK. So so it'd be a while till he would kind of come into form. And I really kind of think when you look at and I, it's probably not, you know, completely, uh, you know, a hot take or whatever. But a lot of the, the Celtic success was him turning into just a, a really good player. And the, it took, you know, three or four years for him to really, you know, get to an all star level. Once he did, a lot of ways they were off and running and, you yeah. know. It, it, it's pretty telling when you see that as well. And, and, you know, Parrish as well was another guy who sort of had to step his game up and become that guy for them to really do it. But yeah, it's, it's kind of, we forget, like you said, that, that Dr. J, you know, kind of was the toast of that conference for, for a few years until bird and, and, and the Celtics really took it over. But yeah, it, it was one of his opportunities to kind of get there, but uh, yeah, interesting game. And yeah, like you said, it, 
maybe not the the you know the best game is like a, a beautiful beautiful game but just a nice rough yeah. and tumble uh, like it, it, i think the intensity is was just is so incredible in sure this game. i mean it's one of the most intense games i've you know uh, i i've seen i mean it just really does have like that so it's beautiful in that sense but yeah it doesn't quite have right. to say i mean it has good passing it has good ball movement i mean there there are exciting things but it you it, it's I don't it's it's ugly in a different way than like some like the mid 90s Knicks type games are. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're them missing shots wasn't just because they had nobody that could score. <laughs> it was because, you know, there was it wasn't like the oh god, like who do who the hell do we like okay, Derek Harper, you you take a shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it wasn't that. I mean, we 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 ran down these guys here. These are, you know, really really great scorers up and down the, the it was just it was such an intense game and everybody was just playing to the full, you know, abilities and full intensity. So that was more, you know, you know what I meant in terms right. of not, you know, but yeah, it was absolutely a great game and, and and an easy choice. I mean, I didn't pick it as my number one, but an easy choice for the top seven and, and, and no doubt an easy choice for the top three. And, and even, you know, I wouldn't argue with you putting it as number one at all. Well, good. Except I'm going to argue because I chose number one uh, <laughs> is the Lakers and the Blazers from 2000, uh, 89-84. And this... I mean, come on. You know this game. We've talked about it during our Scotty Pippen podcast. We've talked about it in numerous podcasts. It's the one you know, the iconic, you know, you, you know, Shaq, you know, Shaq Kobe alley-oop combo at the end, you know, the the epic collapse by the Blazers, you know, the Blazers coming so close and losing and just kind of just a, a totally total, you know, we talk about the transformations of franchises. I mean, this one in particular is just so glaring because it, it would it would sort of be the jail Blazers after this and they would fall apart and it would be, you know, many, many, many years until they would even get anywhere close to this level. And you could argue they still haven't gotten anywhere near closest level and then they really haven't. Uh, whereas the Lakers, you know, went on to have, you, you know, numerous titles and and you know, the Kobe Shaq and all that sort of stuff. But this game in particular is just incredible. Uh, L.A. takes a 3-1 series lead, uh, then drops two games in a row to Portland. Uh, so this set up a winner-take-all game seven. And, and this is a one where the crowd is just insane this game. It's just an un- unbelievable crowd. Um, the Lakers mount a great comeback in this game. Just just so much good stuff in this game. I mean, where did you have this on your list? I forgot where you ranked it, but uh, this is my easy, easy number. Uh, it, it would be it probably be number two. So it's not um, so we're not far off on this for sure. Right. But when we talk about storylines and stuff and how important those are weaving into like a good game, I mean, this is a game that I think of. Just so much stuff is in this game and so many different, you know, careers and and, and guys in this and and, and people that are, are stars and fading stars and just different team dynamics too with that Portland team. You look at that roster and it's just like a video game roster of, of so many good guys, but it just doesn't quite, you know, work and it doesn't quite, you know, beat the Lakers and, you know, the Lakers have to come back from a huge deficit. You know, Shaq is just, it, it's just, it's unbelievable, but, it, you know, the interesting part, you know, Shaq doesn't have you know a great first part of the game, but then explodes in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, has nine points. Um, Kobe has a great game: twenty five points, eleven rebounds, seven assists, and four blocks. Interesting enough. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you know the, the rim rattling. You know, alley oop is just the, the iconic. I mean, it's just something you still see to this day in every video package. Is you know, at, you know, Shaq throwing down that alley oop and just pointing to Kobe, and and it was. Just, just iconic in so many different ways. Right, and that that at that point they were up by six with forty seconds left. You know, and essentially um, winning that, essentially sealing the game um, there. And yeah, I mean, um, Portland led by fifteen with ten minutes left in the game. They missed thir- thirteen consecutive <laughs> shots, including six by Rasheed Wallace. Um, they're fifteen for twenty three in the final uh, in the fourth quarter. And yeah, that's just um, that that's just pretty amazing. Yeah, they they have the <laughs> Lakers outscored the Blazers 31 to 13. So, um, yeah, I, I think 
the thing for me is that um I mean, yeah, it, it sets up the Lakers story for for you know the next you know three or four years. Um, it's um, and it's just like uh, you know, basically, you know, LA has an almost insurmountable lead, and then just uh, you know is about as low as it possibly can get, and then rallies back and you know and holds on, and then you know kind of smooth sailing from there. Um, I mean, it's it is just a just I, I just the the dr- the dramatic arc, I guess that uh, from from that is what kind of where what, what puts that for me in sort of the top tier. Would you kind of you know oh yeah it apart from the uh, Lakers Kings, which is also you know has a lot of dramatics and has a lot of interesting things and and has some similarities, but I just think that the you know the kind of the point in the Shaq Kobe Lakers that they're in, I think you know spices it up a little bit for me for lack of better. sure and and that that the epic collapse as well whereas yeah. you know the kings that well, wasn't necessarily that i mean there was stuff that you know obviously the kings like i mentioned you know probably should have won that game yeah. for a lot of reasons they were the but better team for sure right? i mean yeah the, the blazers i mean should have won the guy I mean, up 15 with 10 to go is like yeah. you're good it, it, okay it, like, yeah like, it's pretty close to about as you know it, it's about as safe it, it's pretty close to a safe lead at that point Exactly. Yeah, like the Kings hypothetically should have won this game, but the Blazers, like literally, there was, I mean, no reason they should have lost this game. Right. And it took an epic collapse and an epic, you know, Lakers comeback or whatever to do that. And it, it was just, it's such a, such a big game and such, a, such a fun game too. I mean, I love that. I mean, that Blazers team is just a fascinating, fascinating team of just that roster and the construction of that roster. And the fact that, you know, hey, they were able to get that close with that, you know, construction of the roster. And it, it just, it didn't work. And it, it's, it's just, it's just weird how, you know, we talk about, you know, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, just completely changing around a franchise. And it, and it absolutely Portland is just falling on a lot of hard times. And, and you know, they're still a, a good franchise and I wouldn't call them a, you know, model franchise or whatever right now. But just they, they, so many issues that happen from that and having to rebuild multiple times with multiple different stars or whatever. And they just still haven't found the right mix to get to where they were with this, you know, this bunch. But just a great roster and a great team. And the Lakers are a fun team, too. Like you mentioned, this is sort of the early budding of their, you know, dynasty. So it, it's 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 a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Good times. Uh, anything else to uh, say about uh, Game 7s in the conference finals? No, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there's going to be uh, one or two that people say that we missed. I, I feel like we did a great job with this, though. But, of course, if we do, please let us know if there's one that, hey, you guys are idiots. This one's obviously pretty good. But, you know, we mentioned the honorable mentions. But, no, there's – it's – you talk about the – I mean, these are really just some really spectacular, spectacular games. And I do – you we mentioned a few times that if there's video for these, definitely watch them. I mean, nothing will get you more pumped up for, for watching – you know today's playoff games or today's basketball than watching these classic games and just seeing these unbelievable crowds and and just unbelievable stars of years past. I mean that that's what's so awesome about doing this that we do on this podcast that I can go back and watch these and it kind of rekindles my love of basketball every time I go and watch these. So it's it's great. Absolutely. So uh, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. You can find us at thepodiumgame.com. We are part of the Hardwood Paroxysm Basketball Network of Podcasts, which you can find on iTunes if you search for Hardwood Paroxysm. And uh, we would love a uh, rating and review, uh, not just for uh, Over and Back, but for all the other uh, great uh, podcasts on the Podium Game Network, the or the at thepodiumgame.com. And um, so we, you can also check us out on uh, Twitter at Over and Back NBA, also on Facebook at the uh, same address. Um, I, that's about it, Rich. Yeah, that's all I got. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh... 
definitely good uh, good show, and then I'm looking forward to our top seven NBA finals too. Yeah. It's going to be a, a very interesting one. Yeah. So, and anyone who wants to express an opinion about uh, top seven NBA finals before you know we've we've made our choices right now, but you know we could always be convinced by a, a compelling argument. If you want to send us right. you know your favorite or, or a memory or something interesting about that, we would you know be interested in, in uh, you know learning about it and maybe even sharing something on the show. So yeah, absolutely. You know you know the flow of these shows now, so you know kind of what we're looking for here. So yeah, if you find one that that fits our criteria. Criteria that you that you think hey you guys have to cover this there's a good chance we probably have but maybe we haven't so definitely let us know all right cool all right rich well take care everyone uh until next time This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.